engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening, it's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Welcome to the program. We're going to do something tonight by listener request. Uh, I have had a, a flurry of listeners ask if we might actually go a little lighter on, on allowing people to get through on Friday nights. We've got such a tight clock. We uh, keep it sharp and on point typically with calls. But if you guys want a topic tonight that I'm otherwise not discussing, feel free. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Those are the phone numbers. We'll let you have a little more leeway. But to get into everything tonight... The other thing I've gotten from a lot of listeners, from a lot of readers at The Resurgent, from people on Facebook, Twitter, social media, and email, is what the hell is happening? I mean, that this seems to be the prevailing question from a lot of people is, what on earth is going on right now? It seems like there's something in the water. People have lost their freaking minds. And I want to see if I can explain to you what that is, because I've got a theory and I, mine is not the only theory, but I think mine is, is headed in the right direction, if not right altogether. What we're seeing is people's response to uncertainty, to the great unknown. What we are seeing, if you will, is people standing up and trying to replace the great says who. Now, the great says who in the past has been God. This was a term coined by Arthur Leff. Uh, Arthur Leff, the philosopher, lawyer, uh, I think at, at Yale or Princeton, he said it, at some point someone's going to stay up, stand up in the absence of God and, and, and we'll call him the great says who. Someone will say, says who? And people now in the uncertainty is Western civilization has always been foundationally premised on the existence of a higher power, Western civilization really has been premised on a Judeo-Christian background. And for the last 100 years, 150 years, but really in the last 50 years, there's been an escalation post-World War II of people trying to undermine the foundational base of Western civilization, that being the Judeo-Christian heritage of the West. And essentially, Adolf Hitler may have lost the war, but the long-term strategy of wiping the Judeo-Christian um, foundation of Western civilization out, he and Lenin together in concert pushed this, and, and they're winning that and they're winning it with the rise of secularism from the 60s and 70s uh, the, the war in Vietnam, the war in Korea turning people against uh, authority, turning people against the powers and plays that were put in place after World War II and now we've arrived at the moment where people are trying to fight out who says who who gets to be the authority? There is a great unknown and an uncertainty. And it is most common on the left, though not exclusively on the left. And how does this play out where we're seeing it? So in the absence of a Judeo-Christian God and a Ten Commandments uh, of what sets forth right and wrong, uh, you've got people who are walking further back into Genesis. You know, in, in Genesis, God creates man, male and female. And that is the worldview of several millennia. 
Well, now God no longer just creates male and female. God creates men, women, transgender. He makes us gay or straight. They are essentially, we're reverting to a level of Pelagianism. Pelagian it was, the, it was the monk from England who thought there was no such thing as original sin. He was rebutted by Augustine and the Western Church. Uh, Pelagianism is a heresy. Uh, but you've now got this idea that we are born in a certain way. We're defined by who we are at birth, whether it's gay or straight. And therefore that can't be right or wrong because God made us that way. No, we're actually, we're made in the image of God, but we are sinners and we're born with sin. Uh, what the, the natural world is trying to do the secular world is trying to do is wrestle with this prevailing foundational bit of Western thought as to who we are, how are we born, into what values are we born. And the left would have you believe that there's a blank slate, that there is no original sin, there's a blank slate, but you are born gay, straight, transgender, what have you. Now, when you layer on top of that comes morality, and this is where things get dicey And what we're seeing right now with Google, what we're seeing with the resistance marches against the president, what we're seeing with the, the left-wing hostility towards conservative culture in the country. What we're seeing are a group of people trying to stake themselves out, as the great says who. Politics in this country prior to the 21st century was viewed as a way of governing the country. But politics in the 21st century, in the absence of an all-powerful God, politics becomes power. And whoever controls politics controls the power in the country. So there's a huge fight, not over religion now, but over politics, because politics has become the religion. In the absence of an almighty, a secular world views politics as the way to implement the divine. So all of these things become worth fighting over. Why? Because in secular Western thought, what is there after death? There's nothing. So what is there in life? There's evolution. And what is a central part of evolution? Natural selection. And what is a part of natural selection? Survival of the fittest. Well, that doesn't ring true to the left. The, the left has this overarching moralistic view that we've got to help everybody. The survival of the fittest is bad. But that's where their logical framework comes from. So the left now has to build foundationally a moralism on top of survival of the fittest. And so what they've done is they've decided that white men are considered the fittest and therefore they would survive and therefore everything in society morality wise must go to tap down on white men and the further down the totem pole you are from white men the closer you are to the divine so the one-legged hermaphroditic black lesbian of asian descent reigns supreme and no one's allowed to question this person because this person, by virtue of birth status, remember, we're no longer created in the image of God, we're created in the image of our sin. This person's birth status gives that person a touch of the divine. Not all of us are created in the image of God. This person is, by virtue of being as far removed from the fittest in society that the left conjures up, which is the white male. We have to, again, in the absence of God, it's survival of the fittest, but the left, that's anathema to them. They've got to come up with a way to replace it. And so they've replaced it with diversity and multiculturalism and tolerance and all of these other layers of moralism on top of evolution. And what we're seeing in life now, what we're seeing with the Google fight, what we're seeing with the resistance, what we're seeing with the left up in arms about uh, transgenderism, uh, the need to put men in girls' bathrooms, the need to fight the president, the need to stand with anyone who's opposed to Trump, all of these things is the left now trying to find a way to make politics religion. 
and find a morality in the West that can supplant Western traditional Judeo-Christian morality. That's what's going on here. That's why everything is a hill to die on. That's why people are so upset on the left. That's why there are so many people on the left who believe that you're not a political opponent anymore. You are evil and worth being cast out of society, worth being silenced in some cases, if you're James Hodgkinson, worth being killed because you stand in the way of this new morality, this new religion, the new grand says who. They want to be the grand says who. The mob. But if you're on the right, don't pat yourself on the back smugly because there are a lot of people on the right who have traded God for a president. They've traded a divine savior for a political figure in Washington. They think God and Jesus can't save them. Only Donald Trump can save them. And they're willing to smite their enemies just as much as the left is willing to smite their enemies. They're willing to use the power of government to go after the other side, and they're willing to adopt the other side's rules and behaviors because they, too, they still give superficial lip service to the divine. But there are a lot of people on the right who don't believe it either anymore. Twenty-six after the hour, light showers around the metro area, but uh, nothing major. We are doing a more flexible Friday, I guess you will, with the phone calls. If you want to call in, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Now, let's hop into phone calls here. Uh, first tonight, we're going to go to Sue in Flowery Branch. How are you? I'm great. That lady that takes her calls, you need to give her a raise. She is <laughs> yes, lovely. I do. I she hope the pig lovely. farmer's listening. So anyway, um, before the break, I heard what you said. So number one, you and I are like totally simpatico. <laughs> like I almost got bad to call on you. I really did. <laughs> so my question now is, Eric, what would you think about Donald Trump taking, let's say, a Sunday evening, 8 o'clock, address the nation, and take a deep breath and go, okay, people, look. Here's why I was elected. I am going to do something about health care. We are going to get a wall down there in Mexico. We are not going to have sanctuary cities. We are going to have a very strong military. We are going to get to a balanced budget. We are going to stop spending more than we take in. Hello. Yeah. Don't you think, yeah, I listen, mean, I, I, point, I think it is time for the president that he was running and he was coming down the escalator. I turned to my husband that day and said, that man is going to win. Sue, I think it is time for the president of the United States to really uh, grab the bully pulpit and start browbeating members of Congress over all of the broken promises. I mean, they have they probably like the president tweeted the other day about Mitch McConnell. Seven years you people have been saying repeal and replace. For seven years you've campaigned on it. For seven years that was your strategy of getting elected, and it worked. You got the House, you got the Senate, you got the White House, you saved the Supreme Court, and you still can't do it, even though you set it up so that it would not need 60 votes in the Senate, and you still can't do it. That is unbelievable. It is a broken promise, and someone needs to stand up to him. The president should be the one to do it. You know, it is always humorous 
when I, I, I walk through something like that and, and see people coming to the immediate hostile absurd conclusion, uh, Charles in Atlanta, he he tweeted back, so if I like Trump, I've rejected God or some such. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. There are some people, though, and you and I both know him. Maybe Charles is one of those people who cannot, has decided that he cannot... Uh, be honest in assessing the president's flaws because to do so would undermine the president. Uh, can't be an honest broker. Uh, can't be can't be a honest in faith perspectives in dealing with the president because to do so would be to embolden the left. I run into this all the time. People who are um, supposed Christians who are livid with me for saying the president should not have done something. Uh, how dare you do this? You're helping the left. I, I'm I'm not trying to help the left. I'm trying to say this is wrong. And if someone's not out there saying this is wrong, people are going to get the idea that it's right when it's not. Uh, you you got to be able to stand up for truth. And truth is not defined by did the president do it and am I in favor of it? Sometimes the truth works against all of us. Uh, but there are people out there, and, and maybe Charles isn't, and... I'm not talking about him then, but you know who I'm talking about. There are those people out there. They call this show angry every time I say anything slightly critical of the president, uh, ignoring every bit of praise I've ever heaped on the man, as if I never said it, a kind word about him, even though I have. Uh, it's it's very funny. You know, it's related to this, I'm so I'm, we're live streaming on YouTube today and, and engaging in a chat with uh, the people in the YouTube room, and N.T. Wright, who's the British theologian, actually made the point one time, and it's a controversial thought, and it's widely misunderstood, but he said that the further one goes from belief in God, the more of an animal the person becomes. And it, very controversial when he says that. In fact, I've tweeted this out before, and it was widely misunderstood and got all sorts of hate mail from people. But what he's talking about is that we're all made in the image of God. And as we're all made in the image of God, in the image and likeness of God, the Bible says, well, we reflect the image of God to others. The further away you get from God, the less you reflect him to others. And the less you reflect him to others, the more you reflect the natural world to others. And in the natural world, there is no grace, there's karma. In the natural world, uh, there is no soul, there's just animalism. And that's what he's talking about. You, you behave in different ways. You behave much more like the natural world. You behave much more like the survival of the fittest. You behave much more like every hill is to, uh, to die on and there is no grace. Uh, in in a Judeo-Christian world, there is grace. I was I had an email exchange earlier today with a guy who said that he largely raised someone's child for them, and this kid has gone away to college now and returned home, and they got on the subject of politics a while back, and he was just livid that anyone who voted for Trump was a Nazi, and he would have no problem getting rid of those people from society literally wanting to get rid of people from society who voted for the president because if you voted for the president you must be a nazi if you were a conservative you were a troglodyte you were a bigot you were hateful you you just you needed to be taken out in some way and the man says you mean people like me well no no no, no, no i didn't mean you and that was kind of the end of that I hadn't really heard from the guy since when you replace politics as a way to govern a country with politics as power 
and you replace an objective morality with your own creation, your own morality, this is where we arrive at in this country, where the left doesn't view you as a conservative, as a Christian, as someone who doesn't accept that you're born gay or straight, as someone who doesn't accept that a boy can become a girl. You are evil if you believe this. But contrast that with there are some people on the right who don't view people on the left as political opponents now. They view them as the enemy. They're going to destroy everything. They're going to wipe us all out. They're going to do all of these things. Some people on the left would like to, but there are some people on the right who would like to. If you can't offer up grace for the other side, uh, you are becoming like the other side. Your ways aren't supposed to be their ways. That's what's going on in this world now as we shake out who's in charge. If God's not in charge, the mob's in charge. And if the mob's in charge, what is the mob's morality? And what we're seeing is it descends to the lowest common denominator, and we're starting to reflect that in our society right now with this destabilization and this fighting between both sides. Back to the phones, 404-872-0750, wsb talk John in Athens, you're next. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Eric. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I haven't got to listen to you a ton. Uh, I just moved to Athens not too long ago. Uh, but I wanted to say your analysis on the, uh, I'll just frame it up as a politics as a religion, was absolutely spot on. I've never heard it framed in such a way, but I, I absolutely loved it. Oh, thank and you. What, what I wanted to add on to that was, along with that mentality, is a mentality they have for uh, the minorities in this country, uh, and I'm not talking race, just race, you know, any minority that they try to label as a minority, it, that belief continuously gives them the idea that they can't get ahead. It gives them the idea mm -hmm. that this country is almost out to get them, and, and I'm here to tell you that's just not the case. Uh, I'm in grad school right now with a, a black woman from Kenya, and she's been here for about six years, and, and I said, you know, what do you think about this country? Is it as bad as people make it out to be? And she said, no, this country is the most amazing country in the world. It's got more opportunity, more benefits, and people that don't get ahead are doing it to themselves. And that's all i got to say, Eric. Thank you so much. Have a good one, man. John, thanks very much. Have a great weekend. You know, to his point there, um, there is this paternalistic sense when, when government becomes God, God's got to help creation, and there are those that, well, we've all got to be piled up on the social safety net together. That's God's will. When when God doesn't exist, when the government becomes God, well, you got to be all on the social safety net together. And anyone who tries to get ahead, well, that person's sinning. You're not allowed to get ahead. The left does look at people and sees people and believes that they physically cannot get ahead, and they blame it on evil, and that evil is the rich white guy, the conservative. Uh, again, when government and politics is no longer about ordering your life in polite society and civil society, and it becomes a religion, then you bring into it uh, saints and sinners. You bring into it good and evil. And good and evil is removed from a religious sense and is made a political sense, and then the political is made a religious sense, and it totally perverts the world, and it causes political opponents to look at each other and see the other side as not a political opponent, but as evil. It's 55 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Kim, you're next. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call, and I just want to tell you I can't wait to get your book either. Thank you very um, much. You're welcome. 
I have a 29-year-old daughter who over the last two weeks has spent um, seven hours in the ER having CAT scans, MRIs, numerous doctor's visits. So you can imagine the bills that have, the charges I've racked up since then. Um, we are also having to fly to the Mayo Clinic in Arizona to try and, or have more testing to try and rule out MS. So mm-hmm. she, though, is blessed to have excellent health care through a ginormous aeronautical employer in Smyrna, Georgia. Um, and actually, the Mayo Clinic won't cost her anything because she's met her out of pocket. So mm-hmm. my question is, what do you think the next step should be to or will be to either repeal or replace Obamacare so that others can have, you know, to be able to afford great health insurance like her, especially when something like this might happen. Well, first, uh, best of luck in having been a recent visitor out there with my wife, a great facility out of the, the Scottsdale Mayo Clinic, um, and you'll be in good hands. I, I, let, me, let me stick around after the break for, so I can answer this, because it's relevant to what I want to talk about next, is what is the next state of play in repealing it, and what should repeal look like for the Republicans? There are a couple of plans Republicans look like they may be wanting to put in place. I'll tell you what they are. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. 609 this Friday in Atlanta. Uh, Hit or miss showers in the area, but it's going to be a good weekend. The phone number here, 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. The Republicans are continuing to plot a health care compromise. Moderate and conservative House members are getting together on a plan. Before I get there, though, a, a friend of mine just sent me an email And I think I need to address this out of the gate. This weekend in Atlanta, they're having the Nutroots Nation, uh, Netroots Nation, they call themselves, but it's Netroots. It's the online left-wing activists. Uh, They are sponsored in part by groups like Planned Parenthood and NARAL. Google is funding them, Emily's List, uh, the like. It is far-left activists are descending on Atlanta this weekend. If you smell people who smell like rotten cheese and look like they haven't bathed in weeks, that is probably the Netroots Nation crowd. Uh, I forget where they are. Where are they? Just so everybody knows. Netroots Nation. Let's see. Where are they meeting this weekend? Um, It looks like uh, the Hyatt Regency, is it, downtown? Uh, that's where they're going. Um, yep, that appears. Yep, uh, and they started uh, the ninth, uh, the tenth. The I mean, this the, these people are nuts. I mean, they they have like little hugging rooms for people. Seriously, um, all, all sorts of things. So they run through the weekend. Um, big things tomorrow. Go through the weekend. Well. They are in the, they're meeting at the Hyatt Regency downtown, so avoid downtown, um, and they're protesting a women's clinic in Atlanta on Saturday. Specifically, they're protesting the Cura Women's Care Clinic on Edgewood Avenue. They're protesting the women's clinic that provides all sorts of services for women, including uh, pregnancy tests and ultrasounds and counseling. 
they're protesting because the women's clinic doesn't perform abortion. They'll help a woman who decides to keep the baby. They'll refer women elsewhere uh, to adoption services. They'll counsel women who have had an abortion. They will do lab work for pregnant women. They'll do all of these things. They'll do it for no fee, but they don't kill the kids. Now, interestingly, a local CBS reporter, this is in the email from the healthcare clinic, a CBS News reporter actually entered the women's care clinic and joined protesters telling clients they were being lied to by the human coalition which oversees the cure clinic they were being lied to a cbs a local cbs reporter from what this email says uh i don't even know what the cbs station is in atlanta i think it's the one that nobody watches but um they've become very activist if i recall as a way to try to get left-wing viewers to watch them um but nonetheless uh, yeah a cbs reporter participating this is a women's care clinic where women can go and get free testing if they're pregnant free testing to find out if they're pregnant uh, counseling services aid and comfort and if they've had an abortion where they can go and talk to someone about it many women who've had an abortion uh, feel some level of guilt afterwards and they can go there's a counselor there provided they don't have to pay anything it's a christian group that helps uh, provide for this clinic they've got several around the nation and they're being protested by left-wing activists because they won't actually kill a kid. The protest is at noon on Saturday on Edgewood Avenue. Good gracious. The By the way, the facility has had to spend a bunch of money in the last 24 hours putting in security cameras and stuff. They're obviously worried about the violent left-wing activists who come with these sorts of things. So be in prayer for the folks at the Cura Women's Care Clinic. Now, before we get back to phone calls, we're doing kind of a, a, a light Friday here, taking a lot of phone calls by request of listeners. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Now, on healthcare, uh, Mark Meadows and Tom MacArthur, who's the leader of the moderate Republicans in the House, Mark Meadows, the leader of conservatives in the House, they're trying to come up with a compromise plan that can still get through reconciliation in the Senate to repeal Obamacare. Uh, they're working essentially that the key hangup is over waivers. Uh, can states get a waiver from the Health and Human Services Secretary to allow them to avoid some of the regulations? And the conservatives want a big waiver. The moderates don't want a big waiver. Uh, McConnell is two votes from being able to get this through the Senate, it seems. But I don't know that they're going to be able to strike a deal. They want to move on to tax reform since the Republicans let it die in the Senate. Remember, I don't actually believe McConnell wants Obamacare repealed. And I believe that any plan that goes through the Senate won't actually repeal Obamacare. The reason is because Democrats in Kentucky expanded Obamacare in their state before Republicans took control and McConnell was okay with them doing it. And if they were to repeal Obamacare, it would hurt Kentucky financially. So McConnell has an incentive as Republican leader to make it look like they're going to repeal Obamacare, but he also has an incentive to actually not repeal Obamacare. Keep all of that in mind, please. Very important for you to keep perspective on this uh, as we proceed down this road. Uh, now, one of the alternative plans that the Republicans are coming up with is increasing health savings accounts. 
uh, allowing people under Obamacare health savings accounts were reduced in what people could do with them. Republicans want to be able to expand health savings accounts and expand the amount of money an employer can contribute to a health savings account and allow rollover of that money annually. Uh, that seems like it would be an initial first step to allowing some more flexibility, allowing people to build up these accounts and allowing people to buy insurance or pay for their existing insurance premiums out of these accounts. That would not be a bad idea. Uh, but uh, they're still having this debate, and I'm not optimistic, and I'm largely not optimistic because you got Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and Mitch McConnell in the Senate, and they're not willing to do a lot of the stuff. And, of course, you got Dean Heller as well. Dean Heller, who's up for election in 2018, is scared to death of both sides, doesn't know what he wants to do, but he campaigned on repealing Obamacare, and it's pretty clear he lied. A lot of these Republicans are being exposed for being longtime liars. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go on, step out uh, for a commercial break here, and when we come back, uh, Ray in Atlanta is going to be next, and, well, we got a lot of other stuff to talk about as well, and maybe I'll let you chime in on what sort of kayak I should buy. I'm thinking of buying a kayak. We'll see. Hello there. It is 624, the phone number 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK. Let's go back to the phones, 404-872-0750 or nationwide 1-800-WSB-TALK. Ray in Atlanta, you're next. How you doing, Eric? Good. How are you? I'm good. My question is, what changed as far as you were against Trump publicly at the beginning? What changed from a spiritual standpoint to make you be more of a supporter, or was it just respect for the presidency? Well, you know, I think I did not think that Donald Trump was going to win the presidency. And I think that, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who didn't take the, the dose of crow and, and get a little bit of humility afterwards who still think they're right uh, when clearly we were wrong. And I think if I was wrong about the president winning, I might be wrong about other stuff. But I think that my job should be uh, to say, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is what I think he should do, and I wish he wouldn't do this. And there are still people out there who, if I praise the president, uh, I get attacked for praising him, claiming I've sold out, I'm trying to get in good with him or whatnot. Uh, if I then criticize the president, there are people who say I'm still bitter and angry. It's, I, I do not believe, Ray, that there are enough people out there right now who are willing to be, for lack of a better term, an honest broker and say this is good and this is bad from a conservative perspective. A lot of my conservative friends have decided they've got to get on the bandwagon and they've got to cheerlead everything he does. I have never been a cheerleader and I have never marched with the herd. I've always kind of marched to my own beat, been my own person and thought for myself. And I don't expect all the listeners to the program to agree with me all the time when I say he's done something good and I don't expect everybody to agree when I say he's done something bad. Uh, but I'm not going to be a yes man for a president where that, who I think is still fundamentally flawed. Uh, I was never a water carrier for George W. Bush. I was very critical of him. Uh, and I just, I, the problem I have with both sides is that when either side gets in power, the people who support that side feel like they're not allowed to criticize because if they do, they're helping the other side. 
I actually think if you don't criticize and offer suggestions for correction, you're actually undermining your own side because eventually the voters will hold you accountable. We saw that with George W. Bush in 2006. I kept pounding the drum that the Republicans are getting corrupt, they're getting lazy, they're getting void of ideas, and they're doing things the voters don't like. They need to stop. They need to slow down the spending. They need to change. And everybody just said, oh, you're helping the left, you're helping the left, you're helping the left. And look what happened. The voters rejected them. And despite historic revisionism, from a lot of Republicans, what the exit polls in 2006 said was that it wasn't the Iraq war that caused most Americans to turn on George W. Bush. It was the fiscal recklessness of the Republican Party. It was the amount of corruption within the Republican Party. I don't expect to ever be liked by this White House. I don't expect to be liked by a lot of people who used to listen to this program until they realized that I wasn't going to change. The number of people who tell me all the time, you change. I, I still believe what I believed last week, last month, last year, and 10 years ago. But there are other people who just think that, you know what, if the president says it's good, it's good. you got Republicans who a year ago were freaked out that Barack Obama wouldn't get out of the White House. 52% of them now saying they'd be fine if President Trump suspended the election. I believe the Constitution triumphs tribalism. It is 39 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB. I just actually had someone from a theology school send me a tweet that the creation account in Genesis doesn't actually assign gender to God's human creations. I, I kid you not. And this kid is in a theology school Holy moly, God help us. Have you guys heard about the uh, nonsense? Well, you, you've got The Cut, which is a feminist website, and you've got Newsweek. And they're both running uh, articles attacking conservative women. Uh, the Cut for blonde, the politics of blondness. They're attacking Ivanka. Newsweek, which is allegedly the more respectable of the two, is actually running an article savaging Melania Trump and Ivanka Trump for wearing high heels. Stilettos. That it is being wearing a stiletto is submissive to men. Wearing a stiletto is a collapse of feminism. This is truly, truly crazy. The inability of the left to just let things be. You know, even Freud says sometimes a cake is a cake. But with the left, a stiletto is a sign of, of male repressiveness. Blonde hair is a sign of female submissiveness. A memo at Google setting forth scientific research on uh, evolutionary science is considered an anti-diversity screed. Everything's got to be something else on the left. And, you know, I didn't intend to spend all night on this, but pulling full circle, this is what happens when you are in the process of building a new religion. 
you know, in the first few hundred years of Christianity, they, it was a muddled mess. Everybody agreed on the basics. Jesus died, rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, uh, and he'll come back to judge the, the living and the dead, and belief in Jesus gets you salvation. I mean, that, that was a pretty core common beliefs, but over time, who was Jesus? What was his nature? Uh, well, he had two natures. He had a human nature. He had a divine nature. He was fully man, and he was fully God, and there was a trinity, and all of these things were worked out over time, and, and some views were d- decided to be heresy. Some views couldn't were not compatible with the faith, and you got creeds. That's what we're going to start seeing, I suspect, with the left over time, is we're going to start seeing creeds come about. There will be religious creeds on the left. Well, we have some some now, don't we? The Universal Declaration of Human Rights, that is essentially a left-wing creed organized by the United Nations. The, the, the right of an abortion, Roe versus Wade, is essentially a left-wing creed. They have taken government and turned it into God. They have taken the political process and turned it into religion. And they see deeper meaning in all of these things. The The story of Noah's Ark has deeper meanings about salvation. And, and the wearing a stiletto has deeper meanings about salvation. And the, the crucifixion has deeper meanings about sin and, and wrath and justification. And whether or not you dye your hair blonde if you're a woman has the same thing. They are trying so hard to build a secular left-wing religion. And what's going to happen and what we're already seeing happen is they're turning in on themselves, labeling each other heretics. You, for example, the third wave feminists out there, these are the radical humorless feminists these days who don't shave their pits. They're ridiculously livid about transgenderism because that's not authentically feminism. That is men trying to dominate women by becoming women. You're starting to have these feuds. It is absolutely laugh out loud crazy, but it's there. Uh, I am really starting to get worried if this weather pattern doesn't dissipate within the next week, we're not going to be able to see the eclipse. I'm taking Christy and the kids to North Georgia into the actual 100% eclipse zone so that we can see it. I, I ordered us glasses a month ago. To make sure I got them on time, have it all planned out. And darned if our kids' school has decided to have a an open house for new middle schoolers the night of the eclipse. And Christy is just hell-bent on being at, at the, the open house. And I don't blame her. I mean, we've got a, a brand-new sixth grader. She wants to go find out what's going on in middle school. But I'm just like, can't you move this meeting? I mean, you're, you're. we all want to be out of town for the eclipse. We don't want to have school. Why are people even having school on the day of the eclipse? This is a once-in-a-300-year event. It is the first time in 99 years we've had a coast-to-coast eclipse. Schools should be let out so kids and their parents can be together to watch this historic event together. But I'm afraid the way the rain and the weather pattern is going, none of us may be able to see it because of the weather. That's still no excuse. Everyone should have off that day. It should be a national holiday so that we can all watch the eclipse with our families. Don't forget you can sign up for the daily email by texting WSB to 444-999. I don't send it out on Saturday or on Sundays. I think I send it out on Saturday. I don't know. I'll figure it out tonight.
before I if I don't, then I slept through it. But otherwise, on Monday you'll get my email, uh, and you'll be able to. I'll probably transcribe my monologue from the first hour as well for that. So you can sign up by texting WSB to four 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 nine nine nine. A liberal college student, a lefty college student, is headed to jail for a crime that does not exist. That's right. Doesn't exist this crime, voter fraud. It doesn't exist. The left tells us there's no such thing. Andrew Spilus, he's going to jail for a uh, hundred days in jail. Why? Well, because he attempted to register dead people to vote. He prepared 18 false voter registration forms by obtaining information from walk sheets given to him by the Democratic Party. Now, he says no one else participated. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, I believe that. Right. But he's going to jail. Now, the left says this stuff doesn't happen. They say it's never happened. It never will happen. Um, and yet, here it is. Oh, goodness. Back to the phones. Randy in Athens, you're next. Hey, Eric, appreciate your call. Let me take my call. I just heard about Venezuela. Uh, I'm not up on that. Uh, but my situation that I'm talking about is I can see tomorrow's headline that uh, that he is a warmonger, meaning that he our president. Uh, but I want to specifically talk about Guam. Okay, you got to make it we, quick. We have about 40 seconds. Okay, in Guam, those are Americans. Yes, it's a base, but they're still Americans. We didn't ask for it. It was given to us like this by them, by the North Koreans. We got to stand behind it. Amen. Listen, we won Guam from Spain in the Spanish-American War. We've had it ever since. It is our territory. They're our voters. They participate in elections. They have representation in the House representatives. Um, We've got to defend them. I don't think North Korea is going to do anything, though. I think they're just saber-rattling. They want money from us.